This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show! Spoiler alert! What Did You Watch This Week is a candid discussion about recent movies and TV shows, and it may contain spoilers if you haven't watched them yet. Listen at your own risk. Episode number 323 of What Did You Watch This Week? My name is Mike. My name is John. I need a third monitor. Yeah? Yeah. I know, it's weird. Like, at work, I have my three, but here at home, I just have the laptop. Mm. I've got two. It's got a good size screen, but I just, I don't have a a desk set up at home. Yeah, I've got the desk set up with the two, but I need a third. Yeah. I get it. I hear you. So, so uh, I watched a new show this week. What'd you I watch? watched a couple new shows, actually. Uh, and I finished one of them. Wow. Yeah, well, so Wesley and Kate had a mom and boy night, and they sp- spent the night in the tent outside on Friday night. Okay. And so they went out to the tent at like 7.30. So I was like, well, I'll start watching this show. And I ended up watching five episodes of it. And then on Saturday night, they decided, hey, it's going to be another nice night. Let's sleep in the tent again. So they wow. went out again at like 7.30. <laughs> and I was like, well, I might as well watch some more episodes of this show. And I ended up watching the other five. And I had no intention of watching the entire series. Uh, was but- it that good? Or you just were like, I'm sitting here and I have time. Uh, well, I had intended to watch other stuff, but then, so like, all right, so Paramount had a deal where like you could add on Showtime for like three bucks a month to your Paramount package. And so like, I went on to see what it'd be and the prorated price from now until my package renews in January was like, like 12 bucks or something like that. 20 bucks. I mean, it wasn't that expensive. Um, so I was like, ah, whatever, I'll do that. So I added Showtime. Uh, so we have I have Showtime now, and I really want to check out Yellow Jackets, which I have not yet. I've heard good things about that. I've heard, yeah, yeah. And I really wanted to check out Dexter. Mm. So yep. I watched all 10 episodes of Dexter. Ah, that I can understand. Yes. Yeah. Um, and you know about this like I do, but. You now got to watch all 10 of them in a row, unlike the yes. plebes like me and, yep. and Julia, who had to watch them one at a time per week yep. and go, ah, what's going to happen next week? Um, I got I got pissed uh, around episode seven when I was like, Dexter, just tell Harrison the truth. Right. I even tweeted it like, <laughs> just tell him the damn truth. This is infuriating. And then. Yeah. Um, and I'll just spoil it because everyone, if you haven't seen it by now, that's on you. Uh, yeah, him, it's been him, like a year or so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I was not a fan of Dexter taking one to the chest. Uh, no. Now, granted, we didn't see his body and blah, blah, blah. Maybe <laughs> he's still alive. But I was annoyed by that, quite frankly. I can understand. Um, I did like the show. I liked the, some of the callbacks. I thought it was interesting that Deb 
was there like you know he was ha- not really a vision but just in his mind she was just just there yeah she was his I, obi-wan <laughs> so i enjoyed that um harrison was a little punk but it's to be yep. expected mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so there's a lot I liked about it. I liked the fact that his girlfriend, who happened to be the chief of police, mm-hmm. was not oblivious like so many other officers in Dexter's yeah. life were. Yeah. Like she was on like she was on her mm-hmm. game. Like mm-hmm. she was like she trusted the evidence. Mm-hmm. You know? So like I did appreciate that. I did kind of like that. So like <sighs> One annoying thing was, and I don't remember the original run verbatim, okay? But mm-hmm. I do know that Dexter never killed anyone that, unless it, you know, went against his code. Mm-hmm. That he had the code that he followed. Yes. And he followed it well. And even his spur of the moment kills, the person he killed was, were in the guidelines of the code. Right. You know, other people in his life killed people not in his code. Like, you know, when um, his sister killed the the, the captain there, LaGorda, LaHerta, whatever her name was, mm-hmm. Gloria. Yeah. You know, when Deb killed her to protect Dexter, that was not in his code. Like, he was kind of upset about it. Yep. So I find it odd that he killed Logan, the uh, the police officer. When he was in jail trying to break out of jail because that was out of his code. And I can't tell if it was because he didn't kill people for 10 years. And so now the thrill of killing came back and he no longer was. Fo- and, and so, like, he wasn't following his code anymore because all he wanted to do was feed his dark passenger. Right. Because that was the thing. And in the original one, he always had control. And it's like in this one, he had control until he killed someone and then he didn't have control anymore. Mm-hmm. So. <coughs> I think so. There were two things that I, two ways that I looked at that. One was there was a difference now. He had a kid that he was trying to protect, that he was trying to, you know, get back to. You know, being in jail, things were not going to work out well for him or for Harrison. And right. There was he, another intangible in there. Yes. So to him, it was a desperation thing. The other thing that I got was. He, you know, when he was younger and he would feed the dark passenger, you know, kill people that were part of the code, it was um, a good way to sate the beast, basically, you know, keep it. And he's been years now, what was it, like 10 years without killing? Basically 10 years, yes. And going cold turkey. So, you know, it that isn't going to work. So, yeah, you're right. When he finally did kill someone, even though, you know, it was justified it brought him right back. You know, Harry introduced him to the code to prevent him from just going crazy and killing people. And so he's very out of practice of, you know, right. Keeping himself in check. He he was, you know, stopping himself completely instead of, you know, feeding little tidbits, you know, letting it slip just a little bit so that he could be okay. So, yeah. I definitely get what you're talking about there. Those were the two reasons that I came up with internally. Mm-hmm. I also had a issue with uh, Clancy Brown serial killer as far as 
he lived in this little tiny town and he managed to kill all of those people and nobody noticed because they were all drifters. They were all drifters who were passing through town, heading somewhere else. And as far as anybody else knew, they were like, Oh, they just moved on or they were homeless. And that's, but it yeah. just seems odd. You had that many missing people mm-hmm. out of that one last scene in that one town, one little at town. His truck stop that mm-hmm. he was talking to them and no one figured it out. The FBI didn't figure it out. The FBI wasn't in there investigating. That was that was I had a hard time with that one. One of the ones that I had a hard time with was um and I'm trying to think back now. Uh one thing that I had a really hard time with was um how they they basically wasted Angel. Like they yes. brought him in as a guest star yeah, and yeah. he was basically speaking at a police conference. And then she had like one phone conversation with him Yes, and he yep. showed up at the end. Like uh, they wasted him the same way that we all got promised that John Lithgow was going to appear. And it was like a stupid flashback and a bad right. CGI job. Yeah. And yeah, I didn't like that either. Yeah. There was a lot of, lot of flashbacks and footage from the original run which makes sense yeah but i just i guess i would have preferred dexter got away and we just kind of knew he was out there somewhere because harrison's gonna kill more people yeah and i think we we talked about that afterwards too um i think that for me i kind of liked that because it is almost like a, a passing of the torch you know, Harrison is now out there essentially kind of like Dexter was, you know, he got a little bit of instruction from Dexter. Dexter got a lot more from Harry. Um, but he, uh, he's kind of fucked right now. Uh, I think the reason that they killed Dexter is because everybody went up in arms over the way that the last season ended and they didn't want to repeat that because, you know, making him a lumberjack, even when they explained it, you know, even, even when we got into this season and they explained it, it still was like, fuck you guys, lumberjack. Come on. Um, so I think that that's why they killed him. They were like, he has to die so that, you know, the story can finally be over one way or another. And this way they left it so that maybe they come back with more episodes with Harrison as the killer, or maybe they just don't have the show go on anymore. Yeah. Either way, I did enjoy the show overall. I just was a little bit pissed by the ending with Dexter getting killed, but I get it. Um, Storyline was good. Um, I just kind of miss that, that feel of the show. Yeah. Yeah. I get you. You know, it it felt, though, like I was watching classic Dexter. You know, you got the the people in the town who all basically worship Clancy Brown. Um, You had the throwaway character of the rich kid's dad who, you know, he was the red heron. You know, you were you were supposed to think that he was the killer, but he wasn't the killer. Right. Um, Yeah. Oh, let's see here. American Horror Stories. Did you watch the most recent episode? Necro? Yep. Yep, I did. What did you think of that? Um, it took me a little while after watching it and then explaining it to Julia because 
she hadn't been in the room and I'm like, listen to this. We're heading to her parents' house. And I was like, let me tell you a little story about the episode I just watched. And by the time I got done explaining it to her, I was like, "Mm." so it's kind of like a Romeo and Juliet thing. Um, in, in the most fucked up way, but yeah. Um, I feel like you watched it, I'm assuming. Yeah, I did. And it threw me off because it opens up in Machias Port, Maine, 1998. Mm-hmm. And, and that's it. We kind of see a throwback to it. And then it's like present time, California. I'm like, oh, OK. Yeah. <laughs> they just All went right. random dart on the map. It didn't yep. that Machias. Maine had nothing else to do with it other than dart on the map. So, OK, cool. 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 Yep. Um, um, I felt some of the stuff in there was either too late in the story or unnecessary. Like when she finally breaks down the, the truth about her mother's murder, like you got four minutes left in the episode. Right. At that point, it's not going to develop her as a character. It's not going to make her more likable. It's just dumb. So here's my other problem with it. All right. So she is a mortician. She's very good at her job, even though she's young. She loves it. She's got a boyfriend that loves her, and she's kind of meh about him. She meets a new guy that uh, you know works at the funeral home who like delivers the bodies and drives the hearse and digs the graves and everything. Who, of course, is also gorgeous. Yeah, and they kind of fall for each other, but she's like, in you know, she's gonna marry her boyfriend and this and that. So she goes in to dress a body, and it's. The uh, the mortician assistant or the the guy that works grave digger grave digger that she was kind of in love with, and so he's dead. He's got the Y incision on him. Um, so she kind of just like cries and, and hugs him, and then she kind of gets carried away, and then you know she's had well, I'd say she's just humping him. But, yeah. You know, there. The point is, she's like having sex. She's having sex with the corpse but like she is on top of him riding him cowgirl style exactly and then he like grabs her and then she jumps off and then freaks out and then she goes back downstairs and he's gone and turns out he took a drug to make himself seem dead and he got his makeup artist buddy to do the y incision and she just did this to i don't know play a joke on her or prove that who she really was as a person or some horseshit. It didn't make any sense, quite frankly. No. And then at her wedding, he <clears throat> confronts her or what she, he somehow hijacks the video that her now husband made of their highlights together. And it cuts in the feed of her writing him. And while he's allegedly dead. And then he's like, but I love you and, you know, you need to be with me. And then somehow she ends up being a sex offender over this. That that part confused me as well. Like she right. applied to different jobs. and They were like, no, sorry, you're a sex offender. And like, it's like, well, but is she? Uh, who? First off, who would have been the complainant? Right. You know, you have to have a complainant for a crime. Right. Like, uh, I could see like, hey, we saw the video online of you like having sex with a guy was pretending to be dead like that so you look like a creep yeah but like oh she's a sex offender how is she a sex offender yeah yeah that didn't make any sense that didn't make any sense at all it was dumb it just didn't make any sense did not make any sense yeah so and they referenced it like five times because yeah the the people that she's interviewing with say it and then the dude's like talking to her and she's like you made me a sex offender right no 
Like, and plus he was alive. Right. So, I mean, they could possibly say that he was in a comatose state, so she took advantage yeah. of him. But again, who's the complainant? Right. Like, who is the one that's filing charges? So she confronts him at this grave that he's dug, and she they have a great talk, and they're going to be together forever. And so she shoots him, and he falls in the grave, and then she jumps in on top of him, and they start kissing and making out. And she turns the dirt on, so it starts to bury them. And it's in reference to something they had talked about earlier in the episode about these lovers who, like, she buried himself. She she buried herself alive with his corpse so they could be together forever. And that's essentially what she was doing, except, like, he tears her underwear off. And they apparently begin to have the sex while the dirt's falling on them. So, like, I mean, bravo for him being able to, you know, get it up with a gaping gut shot being you know <clears throat> stomach being buried alive while being buried alive yeah. like that's that's different so i can't yeah. say this season has been as good as last season's not even close um there's been a couple good episodes but it's also not american horror story right 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 which has been progressively going downhill so we have like two, one, we have like one more episode. Yeah, Something we just have like one that, more yeah. episode. So this week, three days. Yep. Yeah, there was a lot about it that it just <clears throat> like, again, it wasn't the worst, but it definitely, that threw me off about the sex offender thing. You know, I wondered the same thing. I don't get how they come up with that logic. Um, I did like, though, when they're at the wedding, because basically she told her, fiance or whatever you know he was having a surprise party for her and and yep. this this is what i was getting to so he's having a surprise party for her and when she sees the floor there's like rose petals and something else on the floor cereal cereal and he's like oh it's your favorite she's like oh my mother was murdered and there was cereal on the floor and this threw me and he's like oh i'm sorry and she's like you don't deserve to be with me or you shouldn't be with me i'm broken and she leaves him yep. and then you know, she meets up with this other guy or, you know, she goes to fuck the other guy and uh, finds that out. She's like, fuck this. I'm going back to my boring boyfriend. So then they end up getting married or almost getting married until the video is shown, which usually those videos come after the vows. But um, I, I like that when the video showed up there, she's like, no, this guy's delusional. And he's like, honey. There's a video right there. Like, that's not delusion. You're doing that. She's like, no, I didn't mean to. And he's like, peace i'm out of here you know there wasn't any like Which, oh we can know, work through this and to his credit that's what that's, exactly that's what that's, happen that's what i loved about it um and then like i said you know four minutes before the end of the episode when she's got the guy at gunpoint in the grave she tells him yes what when i was a child my mother was beaten to death somebody broke in and beat her to death and she was laying on the floor and i didn't understand i thought she was just feeling sick so i took care of her for days and brushed her hair and fed her cereal and, and that's why well, i'm so messed well, up and and i think they implied drank her mother's milk yes i i think that they implied that as well so which is apparently yeah. the start of her affinity for necrophilia which again, giving us that four minutes before the end of the episode does nothing like that. that You're supposed to now retroactively go back and be like, Oh, all of her behavior now makes sense. And doesn't, nah, not buying it. No. So yeah. Speaking of speak, go ahead. 
No, I was just going to say not terrible, but moving on. Yeah. Uh, speaking of shows ending this week, uh, what we do in the shadows finishes up this week as well. Oh, I didn't realize that was the. Oh, we got one more episode. Oh, OK. Uh, we got one. Yeah. more coming. comes out tomorrow. It's called Sunrise Sunset. So this one is called Freddy. And um, yeah, so the B story is that Laszlo wants more money for baby Colin working, uh, playing her club. So he's mm-hmm. getting greedy. Baby Colin doesn't care. He just wants to play music. Uh, but, you know, Laszlo's being the greedy manager, stage mom, whatever it is. And when Nadia mm-hmm. won't give him what she wants, then he just walks. Yep. And says, we're going to make money elsewhere. And the <laughs> act that she brings in is some guy that can fillet himself. Um, yeah. It's supposed to be like a Cirque du Soleil, but for vampires, yep. and it's the most erotic circus performers. It's all nudity and fucking. And, um, yep. yep. But then they only get one guy. Yeah, uh, so there's that. Uh, and then Laszlo and baby Colin are on the road, and it's not going as well as Laszlo thought it would go, this and that. And then baby Colin all of a sudden becomes adult Colin. Well, he hits puberty on the road. And yeah, his voice well, starts overnight. cracking and literally yeah. overnight and he grows a bunch and now he looks more like an adult Colin <laughs> and he's being a shitty teenager and his voice is cracking and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I think by the end of the season, he's going to be back to not himself because he's clearly a different person. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know who they are other than he's just met them. Yeah. So, but the big story is we meet, Guillermo's boyfriend, Freddie, who drive, mm-hmm. flies in from England. They've been talking yep. online. Guillermo's very excited about it. Tells uh, uh, Nandor They, they about met it. over the summer when he was with yeah. Nadja over in Europe. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And so he's coming to visit. And <clears throat> Nandor pulls a big <laughs> old Nandor. And he falls for Freddie. And so he may use as one of his wishes to turn his wife, Mira or whatever, mm-hmm. into a Freddy clone. Yep. So he can have his own Freddy. And then Nandor and Freddy and Guillermo and Freddy are spending their week together and they're enjoying each other's company and they're having a wonderful time and they're having the sex and this and that. And then somehow Guillermo stumbles upon Nandor's Freddy. Mm-hmm. So there's a big Freddy blow up and the Freddies become friends. And because they're copies of each other, you know, they've got the same interest and everything. Exactly. Yeah. And they both think they're handsome. Mm -hmm. Guillermo blows up at Nandor and it's just basically like, you know, you had you had to ruin the one thing that was for me. This is the first serious relationship I've ever been in. Da da da. I do everything for you. And of course, Nandor feels guilty. So he sends his Freddy away. Instead of using. Eventually he feels guilty. Yes, eventually. But he didn't instead of like his wife turning back into his wife, she's stuck as Freddie. Yep. So, um, he doesn't want to waste another wish. So he sends his Freddie away, gives him some money and puts him on a train. And I'm just going to leave her that way because she seems happier anyways. And I can't have him being around bothering Guillermo. And so then Guillermo decides to go to England to surprise his Freddie. And when he shows up, the Freddies are there together and they clearly are in a relationship. Yeah. 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 Uh, the the frustrating part here is that Nandor obviously didn't learn a lesson. So, no, like, most does. of the season has been him not learning 
about, you know, so he was, he went into the season saying, I need a wife. I need to be married, you know, cause Laszlo's married and you know, everybody else is married, which they're not, but you know, I need to have a wife because that'll bring me happiness. And then he gets a gin with like 50 some odd wishes and that doesn't make him happy. And then he finally resurrects the right wife, you know, after resurrecting all of them and paring them down and he gets the right one. This is the one this I've married her before, but then he's not happy with that. So he starts changing her and then he's not happy with that. So he changes her more. They finally get married. They're not happy. She copies him because she likes all the same stuff he does. He's not happy. Uh, so now he sees Freddie and he has a momentary crush where he's like, Oh, it's a breath of fresh air. Oh, it's yeah. a young, vibrant guy. And, and he made a joke about a Roomba killing itself. Uh, I, I don't get it, but I think that it's funny and he's charming. And now I want my wife to be again. He didn't learn the lesson. He's just like, Oh, that's shiny. I need that. And yep. he, he's never going to find real happiness until he looks within. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm sad that we only have one episode left, but I'm still enjoying the hell out of this show. Yeah. Well, next week we'll talk about the fall previews and get into what the mm. new shows are coming in. And, yeah. Uh, so we'll probably have a couple weeks that much, I guess. Probably. Yeah. Yep. Oh, she Hulk. She Hulk. Doing of this so, week's episode. So this week's episode really leaned hard into the campy, corny comedy. Yes. Um, they, uh, they explained Blonsky's they, I love the beginning, by the way, when she's actually talking to the camera, breaking the fourth wall and talks about how, you know, yes, I know you want to see Wong. This is not going to be one of those shows where we're going to have a cameo every week. I mean, except Bruce and, and Emil and Wong. Okay. Maybe this is one of those shows. Um, but yeah, so they had to get Wong in there and ask him what happened. And he explained, oh yeah, you know, I took him against his will because in order to be Sorcerer Supreme, I needed to have a one-on-one -on -one match against somebody who was, you know, more powerful or a, a worthy challenge. And then when I was done, I offered him Sanctuary Carmitage. He could have gone out into the world and he said, no, I want to go back and serve out the rest of my sentence, which... Could be a ploy, you know, he, he's, he's a smart guy. Blonsky was a smart guy. He was clever. He tracked down the Hulk. He trapped the Hulk, you know, he knew what he was doing. Um, right. the B story in here was that Jen's former misogynistic coworker, um, needs to sue his current girlfriend because he thought he was dating Megan the stallion and yep. it turns out it was a shape-changing light elf from New Asgard. Yeah, uh, they they tried to do the lawyer bullshit thing where they were like, "Oh, um, you know, he." There's no way he would have thought that he was actually dating Megan the Stallion. You know, that's on him. And, you know, yep. he should have. He he chose to do this, and it was role playing. Yeah, that's what it was. Um, I did appreciate the fact that when the light elf went up and impersonated the judge. Uh, they actually extended her sentence for that because she yes. broke a law. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was funny as well. Um, I liked how the real Megan the Stallion, who I didn't know who that was, I'd heard the name, <laughs> but until, but I like how she was actually in the courtroom for some reason. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was because they funny. wanted to get another cameo in there. 
Yeah, and uh, I do like how the reason why they, you know, the guy won his case, the, you know, She-Hulk's partner at the law office was uh, when he put Jennifer Walters on the stand who testified that this guy is so arrogantly blinded with his own greatness that he probably, he really thought, like... Really thought he had a chance. I love his lawyer was like, and you thought she drove a Passat? Yeah. <laughs> I liked I liked his I liked that lawyer that we met from the office. I thought he was funny. Yeah. Um, he took his job it, very seriously. You recognize? Uh, I I was like I know this guy from somewhere. He was Brother Blood on Arrow. Oh, okay. All right. Um, I thought he was great. Every episode's had a PS so far. Mm-hmm. The PS in this one was Jennifer Walters signing Megan the Stallion, but as She Hulk, so we had to see She Hulk twerk apparently. Um. Yeah. To, to represent her. So I thought that was cool. Um, I liked how Emil Blonsky's the one that's like, yeah, you know, you got to get healthy your narrative or something of that nature. So it made she finally go on and to these shows to do interviews. Mm-hmm. And like, how, what'd you think She-Hulk? Well, actually I didn't pick the name up myself. Someone just, some random guy on the street just said She-Hulk. And all of a sudden that's the name I'm stuck with forever. Like <laughs> yep. I, I thought a lot of that was funny. Um, yes. I'm really, really enjoying the series. Now, we also, we got like, it wasn't a PS, but at the very end of the episode, Jennifer's walking down an alley and she gets jumped by the wrecking crew. Yes. Yes. Brand new introduced to us here. Um, I like the, would you guys rob an Asgardian plumber? And he's like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. Like comic book history, these guys, um, it, it was Loki got banished to Earth and he fooled, it was either a witch or a Valkyrie. He fooled somebody into uh, giving him magic, you know, bringing him power, siphoning it off and bringing it to him from Asgard. Um, this guy impersonated Loki and said, oh, yeah, that's me. And basically got his crowbar imbued with magic power, uh, Wrecker. And then in a thunderstorm, he and his crew were all holding onto the crowbar and they got struck by lightning. And so it dispersed the power to all of them. Um, so they each have some of this. So it is as guardian power. Like this is next level power. Um, we don't know who they're working for, but even with all that power at their fingertips, they got stomped. Um, and the main thing they were trying to do was get her blood. Walter's blood. Yes. Yeah, and they said the boss isn't going to be happy about that. We don't know who the yep. boss is. Um, it was. It's interesting. In the comics, they uh, they actually worked as a team better than some of the other teams. Like they took out some of the Avengers at one point. Like they were kind of a joke, but at the same time, they could kick ass. They they really could when they worked together. I did like when they grabbed her and she was like started screaming. She was, oh wait a second. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, wait, I don't have to be a victim. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was good. Um, no, I'm really enjoying the series thoroughly. Um, like, I know we're going to see Daredevil in here eventually, so I'm excited for how they work him in. Yeah. Um, I just, uh, I'm, I'm not. seeing Wong. I don't want to rush it by. It's going to be odd because we're getting Andor in a couple weeks, so we're going to have both of these shows running. Yeah. Which they haven't really done that. Usually they finish up like a Marvel show, do a Star Wars show, finish up the Star Wars show, do a Marvel show or whatever it is. But they're not running right. two at once. 
Yes. And I was also surprised to find out the new Pinocchio movie is going direct to Disney Plus. I was pretty surprised at that as well. Yeah. So this week, today's the fifth. So I think tomorrow the Pinocchio movie comes out. Wow. And then I think That's later crazy. this week, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Man. Oh no, new Thor, Thor: Love and Thunder is going to be the on eighth. There. Yes. Oh, that's Julia's yeah. birthday. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, she's not a Hemsworth fan. That's that's too bad. We've no, we I mean fin- she likes the movie, but oh, oh, the, oh I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Um, we finished up the resort. As did we. Okay, so didn't expect that ending. Nope. Nope. Um, and before I go further, I want to ask, how deep do we want to go on this? Do we want to, like, spoil it all, or do we want to... Because the finale aired last week, I think it was? Yeah. Yeah. I guess let's um, not spoil it all. Let's wait till next week, maybe. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll make a note of that. But I will say this. Uh, last week when we had talked, I said that I didn't find anything really redeeming about Kristen Malati's character. It got worse as yeah. the show went on. Like, she continually yeah. made herself unlikable. Yeah, it really wasn't until the last episode that she kind of got her redemption a little bit. And it was very little, like, it was. in my opinion. It was very yeah. trace. Um, I did like her waking up and her tooth just being really bad. <laughs> the, um, the like giant growth on the side of her face. She's like, <laughs> and they, they pulled her tooth mm-hmm. and then she turns like, Oh, you did it. I feel better. And all that blood just started pouring out of her mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I liked how like for the rest of the series, last, last couple episodes, there's like blood all over her shirt. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, I like it. He passed out, and then when he woke up, she's like, "Yeah, I passed out too." When they did, when they did this or whatever, they like, drained yeah. the pus. They yeah, drained when, dra- the pus when they drained the pus, pus, I passed oh. out too. So don't worry. So I will just say this to anybody who's listening: if you want a show that has some comedic elements to it, um, mystery, mystery. Um, a little existentialism, little spirituality, yeah. but not beating you over the head with it. Right. Um, it's very interesting. I am 100% convinced, like I was wondering about it, but I'm 100% convinced after this last episode that Balthazar is 100% on the autism spectrum. Like oh, yeah. everything about this guy, the solving mysteries, I laughed my ass off with him being 10 years old, picking a fight with an author. That was yes, the, the letters. Those were, <laughs> <laughs> Those were outstanding. <laughs> hear him grown up, and he was just like, you know, again, it was like Sheldon. He was like, I was trying to make him a better writer. Like, I was trying to help him. I was doing my best. To, like, this kid is 100% autistic, and yeah. in a good way. In a good way. Like, we've discussed this before. It used to be when you and I were kids, like, autism was kind of a bad word. Yeah. Like that was one of those like oh god what are the, how are they going to get through life what are they going to do yeah nowadays exactly. nowadays it's understood it's like oh you're autistic cool must yeah. be hard for you to get through life but you know you're actually a functioning person and yeah for the most part because it, it's such a spectrum but anyway my point is that this guy 100 percent holy crap the everything about him the oh. the bluntness you know when he would ask them questions and he'd be like you know how did you feel about that. 
And they're like, yeah. how did I feel about, what are you talking about? And he's like, well, you know, did you have sex? How long did it last? Yeah. And they're like, dude, None of your wrong business. Questions. Yeah. But no, I, I enjoyed the show thoroughly. Um, mm-hmm. Again, the ending, we'll talk about it next week, but um, yeah. There, yeah, there uh, won't be another season of this. If no. there is, it'll be different people in a different place. Um, I don't think they could call it the resort because, you know. Well, unless it's some sort of mysterious resort at a completely different um, country or something of that nature. You know what I right. mean? Right. Yeah. But yeah, next week when we talk about this, I've got some questions and I've got some thoughts. So I'll be very interested to hear yours as well. Mostly concerning Alex. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Bad news on the phone? Uh, work-related bullshit. No. So. Tell him you're busy. Yeah. Just putting it down. Tell me about the resident alien. So, uh, I, I like... I love Alan Tudyk. <laughs> yep. Okay. So he he he's the driving force to make me watch this show. Yep. Basically. Um I don't like every character on the show by any means. Mm-hmm. But he is definitely the the driving force on this show for me. Um As it is I with not, both shows that he's in. Yes, yes. So it opens up with the him in the future, not that very far, like fifty, sixty years, something like that. And He's talking about how he's become attached to this this body and he's older like he would be. But mm-hmm. like it seems like everybody's dead. And they're he said a, Asta's been dead for a long time. And yeah, they're like in a post-apocalyptic future or whatever it is. And then throughout the episode, they jump back and forth. But essentially throughout the episode, we get we see Harry as he's older and then he becomes an alien again. His alien body mm-hmm. walking through time in this front futuristic wasteland. Mm-hmm. And at one point we see like um like some glittering in the sky and it like this portal apparently opens up and these birds fly in. And as soon as they hit the atmosphere in this future, they just immediately burn up and die. Yep. And we're five hundred years in the future now by the end of the episode. And this again, this is intercut throughout the episode or 500 years in the future. And we see Harry. And. Or we see he finds a portal that that kind of opens up near him finally, and he's just walking nonstop. Like, what's he eating? What's he doing? How's he still alive? I don't like, know, because everything is burning around him. Yeah, everything's on fire. So what's he eating? What's he doing? Like. He had to have consumed something at some point along the way, but he goes through a portal and we see Goliath who falls down and dies. Yeah. Like, well, it said that it was like Brazil yes. in 1978 or something like that. Right, or- right, right. And so he, he becomes the guy that's dead on the ground in front of him. Who is he? As he turns out, this is, this is Goliath. Yeah. So the, the Goliath alien that lives in New York City that had the art thing that we found dead and had the offspring that talked to Harry is Harry. Yeah. And that's you think the of bombshell that? that they leave us on at the end of the episode. Yeah. What would you think of that? 
Uh, okay, first blush, I didn't like it. For first blush, I was like, no, I, I don't. I'm a big one for time travel and you know yeah. stuff like that. I love that kind of thing. But I felt like in this case, no, we've got enough other mysteries going on that we don't right. need to tack this on as well. We don't need to turn it right. around so that literally the only member of his species that's ever on this planet is him. Right. Um, you know, it was supposed to be cool that there was another one. And now, you know, he left a message about this other alien race that's here and, yep. you know, we're, we're all going to die. And that's what the apocalypse is, is from this other right. alien race. And um, we don't know who they are other than we've kind of seen them in human form here and there yep. working in different, like in the government or whatever. But what happened to a baby? You know what I mean? We have this baby. Yeah. So like you would Why think baby Harry in the would, future. Right. We're, we're, what happened to the baby? And it's not even yeah. discussed whatsoever. Right. And I know the government is aware. I think the government has the baby now. Yep. Yeah. Cause they took the RV. Yeah. So Linda Hamilton and company have the baby in the RV. Maybe they use the baby to create a hybrid, you know, or something Maybe. because the baby technically is a hybrid, right? It's, um no it's it's yes it is it is because goliath was with that woman yes yeah um but also throughout the episode we see harry like being nice to asta and asta's friends and finding out that he likes humans and so he decides to shed his human skin and become an alien again but he keeps hitting his head on the doorways and unable to drink because he crushes the bottles. And... Yeah, like, so living as an alien, in an alien body apparently isn't that great. So he goes back to the heat. <laughs> like, it was just... Yeah. I mean, I, I enjoyed the episode. It was very good overall. Mm. I hate the mayor. Why does anyone like the mayor? He's such a piece of shit. But then he talks about how everyone hates him. You know, he talks about the election and how only, like, 40 people turned out. 20 of those were his family members. One of them was him. So literally yeah. only 18 people in town voted for it. Yeah. He's like, everyone hates me. And yeah, you know, he's he's trying to open this resort. And then we've got the girls who all decide to do the girl thing and, you know, convince his wife that, you know, this town's great without a resort. It's going to destroy this place that we all used to sneak away and smoke cigarettes and drink beer. And, you know, that's where your husband lost his virginity. And, oh, maybe you don't want to hear about that. Um, Right. You had Linda Hamilton as the general who has command of, you know, probably battalions of soldiers decides instead to herself infiltrate the cafeteria to bug Max. Like why, why did she decide to do that herself? Well, why couldn't she have gotten one of her underlings to do that? So initially I thought it was because she was out on her own with this other guy that had worked for her previously. And it was just the two of them working together on this. But then at the end of it, she has a whole team. Yeah. So I, so at first I thought, Oh, it's just the two of them. She has to, but then, like I said, by the end, all of a sudden there's a whole team of them. So it's like, well, okay, I guess she didn't need to do it by herself. Yeah. Like they could have easily subbed in any dude, you know, any actor with a speaking part and had him be the lunch lady and make sure that Max got his veggies or whatever so that the, he could be bugged and then, yeah. you know, turn around and say, okay, general, we got him. And then they could pan right. to her, you right. know, but, but she even made it seem like that she was on her own and no one believed yeah. her and this and that. And that's why she needs his help and gone rogue. And, right. But then again, by the end, she's got a whole team there. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't buying it. No. 
neither was I. No, this was this was a weak episode for me. Um, but again, my sci-fi nerd brain got triggered by that whole, oh, you're actually Goliath. And I need to see the next episode before I pass full judgment because I want to know specifically how they're going to handle it. Um, it could be done very poorly. Uh, it could, it could end up being an okay twist. Uh, I'm not selling it out yet, but at first glance, I was like, no, I don't accept this. I don't think it's going to be good. So we will see. Let's see what else we got. Here. We got, uh, we got, uh, game of Thrones, which mm-hmm. we talk about last. Cause we got the new episode that aired last night. Uh, I only watched one episode of Doctor Who this week, but it was a good one. It was Asylum of the Daleks. Nice. Um, you know, it was fun, again, watching with someone who's never seen them before. You know, uh, Rory and Amy starting off by signing divorce papers. She's like, what happened to them? I'm like, don't worry. I think they explain it because it's been a little while. Yeah. Um, and this was one of my big bummer episodes because, you know, this is where we got um, Oswin Osgood. And... I really wanted her to have more of a role, but then it turns out that she was converted to a full Dalek and she's just trapped inside of her own head. It was, it was tragic watching her, you know, turn and then, but it was also fun knowing the things that I know. And, you know, when she tells him, run, you clever boy. And remember, I just went, I don't know. I think the most depressing episode for me um, is when we discover the first ever Cyberman. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That was pretty bad. Um, I, mm, depressing. I mean, it was sad watching David Tennant leave. Um, oh, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. For me, one that really, like, rocked me, like, seeming sad and depressing was uh, the Peter Capaldi um, punching through the mountain. And oh, yeah. <clears throat> knowing that it had been billions of years of him doing that. Yeah. Huh, crazy. Um yeah, I'm still looking forward to that. I can't wait to get to the Capaldi years. I'm I'm loving Matt Smith um, even more so this time, but I still cannot wait to get to the Peter Capaldi years. Oh, I miss him. Him and his cranky old man. And oh, Yeah. Anywho. So, yeah, that leaves us, I believe, with House of the Dragon. Or House of Dragon or whatever. And the Rings of Power, which you said you did watch the first episode, correct? Yes, I did. Oh, yeah, it's sad. What are you looking up? I couldn't remember the companion's name. (laughs) So I need to look it up. Okay. uh, Yeah, it's sad because I liked her. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, that's terrible. What a terrible way. Ah, that's terrible. Uh-huh. Yeah, that to me, that's the one of every episode. And I've seen them all of the, of the new run. Mm-hmm. That to me is the most sad and depressing, if you will, is is Bill. Bill Potts. Yeah. Her. Yeah. 
Oh, Ugh. yeah. So yes, yeah, so, so I, I I've never watched the Hobbit movies. You've never watched the original Hobbit or like the the Hobbit Desolation of Smaug stuff like that, right? Because you've I know you've seen the Lord of the Rings, the I've Fellowship, and the Two Towers. The Hobbit and, movie, the Hobbit, yeah. the Hobbit movie, whatever that was called. I don't know. Like they did three Hobbit movies, didn't they? I think they did. Yes. Yes, yeah. I didn't Which watch those. They shouldn't have. It, it should watched, have been one. But. I watched the original. I didn't watch the original. I watched the Lord of the Rings trilogy, the extended editions. You and I one day sat down, watched all three of them. In one day. Back one to back setting. to back. That was a long ass day. Holy cow. I, be- I believe at the end of that, your comment was something along the lines of, meh. Yeah, I wasn't, I just wasn't impressed with it. Yep. I gave it my all. I watched it with, I watched it with you enthusiastically. Um, but when and surprisingly, it was done, we're still friends. <laughs> so you know it's funny because like um i go uh this this coming saturday we're going to kate's mom's house because kate and her aunt trish are having a party to celebrate their 50 years of friendship kate's not 50 years old kate's mother and her aunt I thought you said Kate and Trish were celebrating. No, no, Kate's mother and her aunt Trish okay. are celebrating their 50 years of friendship. They met 50 years ago this, you know, in 1972, in the summer of 72. Wow. In Maine. That's impressive. Places. Yeah. In where? Maine. Oh. Yeah. So anyhow, um, so I thought that was interesting. So we're, they're, they're throwing a party to celebrate their 50 years of friendship. Nice. That's and a worthwhile I, milestone. I think so. And it got me thinking, like, you and I have been true friends for 25 years now. Yeah. You know, Pretty impressive. I know my mom sold your mom, Avon, when we were kids. But we weren't friends. We right, didn't know right. each other. But when we, but in 97, when I started at JNS, we became friends. Yeah. So I was like, oh, wow, John and I have been friends for 25 years. That's pretty significant. <laughs> Love it. But anyhow... So I am not a Lord of the Rings fan. I decided to watch the show to give it a shot because the trailer looked good. And that um, was why I messaged you. I was like, hey, are you going to check this out? Because I know you weren't a big fan of the movies. Yeah, but Peter Jackson doesn't really have anything to do with this. Fair enough. And, you know, he made the movies, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to figure out where this falls in line because, like, I know, like, J.R. Tolkien, and I'm doing the same thing with the Game of Thrones TV show, by the way, as well, because I'm trying to figure out between the Game of Thrones TV show and this, if the Lord of the Rings, Power of the Rings there, did he, um, is this based on his book? Is it, is it not based on his books? Like this is based on his books. This is pre Hobbit pre trilogy. This is like, old 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 this is before well yeah. as you see in the first episode you know they're talking about this sorcerer named sauron you know yeah. and sauron is the one who had the rings of power and corrupted you know the different races um and then in the trilogy they have to you know sauron was defeated and okay now he's coming back in the trilogy you know they can sense his spirit coming back and he's going to reach out from beyond and he's looking for his ring to become whole again 
Um, yeah, so this is this is way back. Like Galadriel was um, Kate Blanchett in the movies, and you didn't see much of her. Uh, Elrond, the one who's talking to her, the one who you know is wearing the blue robe, and he's like, "Oh, you should go back across the sea." That was um, Hugo Weaving's character. Like these are, and these elves live for centuries. So, yeah, this is way before the halffoots. Those are like the precursors to hobbits. So this is like their ancestors, not even like oh, they're close cousins. No, these are their ancestors. Because I looked it up, and Tolkien released The Hobbit in 1937, which I didn't realize was that old. <laughs> right. And then he did The Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, The Two Towers, Return of the King, came out in the 50s. Mm-hmm. And everything else came out after he died. So then I question, well, did he actually write the other stuff? Did he half write it? Did someone else finish it? Like, I just couldn't figure that out. Which So he wrote another book called The Silmarillion. And you might see that reference in a few places because um, one of the characters, and I just blanked on his name. But anyway, uh, he was mentioned in The Silmarillion, and that was considered to be one of his more boring works. Because it was all about the elves, and it some of it was written in Elvish, I believe, and so it was a bit of a slog for most people. Um, <clears throat> but there are some who would swear by it. They're like, "Oh my God, it was the greatest thing ever!" Um, I've never read it; don't need to. Um, but yeah, so this takes place before any of those other books. This is where we will see the forging of the rings of power. Okay. All right. So I liked the first episode. Um, I didn't understand at the end, like, so we meet the, the woman there at the beginning. Galadriel. Sure. That's her name. All right. <laughs> so, all right. So we meet Sauron and that's who they're trying to kill. Right. Yes. Finrod's sister, yeah, Galadriel. So, like, she's gonna, so she spends, from what I can understand from the narrative, hundreds of years searching for this person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, she's like, terrible at her job. Uh, y- yes. Yes. Okay. Um, remember that everything is done on foot, and you've seen the size of the map. Uh, yeah. Remember Randall talking about how everybody walks in those fucking movies, even the trees yeah. walk? Yep. Um, so, yeah, it's a lot of on-foot kind of... Right. Continue. Yeah. You know what? In hundreds of years, make a sleigh. <laughs> Get a horse to haul it. I don't know. Ride a horse. Um, invent Did you the see wheel. any horses in there? No, you're right. We didn't. But just, like, invent the wheel. Like, just mm-hmm. something. Like, I just... That's the other thing I have an issue with it. Like, hundreds of years, but no mm-hmm. technological advances whatsoever. They they don't. You're, you're cool with that. They don't care about technology in these worlds. Um, they're very much into. Well, they've got dragons, they've got orcs, they've got sorcery and magic. So magic my ass across this planet, then <laughs> find this guy. So there. Okay. So there have been a lot of people lately who have been talking about the way that magic systems work for writers. And 
um, there's two different kinds. There's the kind of magic that is just like straight up Merlin and, you know, right. Morgan Le Fay, and you can see magic spells being cast, you know exactly what they do. And then there's the type where it's hidden magic, where shit happens and you can't really explain it type of thing. It's more subtle. That's the way that this magic works. You know, every time you see Gandalf casting a spell, um, it's not a specific incantation. He does weird things like he sits there and whispers to the little moth and then lets it go. And then the eagles show up later on and carry them somewhere. Like there's not a lot of explanation and the magic isn't overly powerful. Like it, I don't understand how the magic works in these worlds. Like there's no fireballs or lightning bolts, you know, this isn't like as guardian shit, but at the same time, they do have wizards and sorcerers who can wield magic as it were, but you never see them doing things of, I mean, you, at the battle of Helm's deep, you see um, Gandalf ride in and make the blinding light from his staff really do anything but it lit up the entire valley and everybody saw him coming yeah so continue i I had to shield my eyes that was a minor (laughs) inconvenience um no so like i uh, i'm not trying to shit all over it no no that's like hundreds of years they walked and Mm -hmm. no technological advances whatsoever i just i have a very hard time with that if they would have said yeah, and again, I don't know the lifespan of of their. Are they elves? They're elves. Yep. I don't understand. I don't. I don't obviously. They live thousands that. of years. Perfect. So for them, a um, hundred years is nothing. So if they would have said they walked for fifty years, okay, that's cool. Five hundred years, you haven't fucking invented a wheel yet, or a cart, <laughs> or shelter. You know, like that was that was some of my issues with it. Okay. Um, with that at the, the beginning, because we have that whole thing at the beginning and then they go back, like they find the castle, they kill a, a, a beast. Troll. Cool. Um, they just missed him. He's not there, but his symbols there. Damn. So now we go back home. They got home pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Like it took them a long time to get where they're going. But they got home pretty quick. <laughs> Just saying. And they didn't actually accomplish anything after hundreds of years. Like they didn't find him, but yet they're going to be rewarded and sail off into the sunset to Visalin or whatever it is. Some, some great land where everyone wants to go. Why doesn't everybody just go there? Why can only select people go there? If that's such a great place, why don't they just all go? We were actually asking the same question. We're like, why don't they just go home? Just, Just go home. If that's home, um, why don't they go there? But she doesn't want to go. So they're on the boat and they take all their armor off and take all their weapons. Like, just stand here and sail into the light. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, nah, fuck this. So she grabs, like, her dagger that she took from her brother. Because she's like, hey, the guy's not, so I'm not dead yet. I haven't finished my thing, which I respect. Mm-hmm. And then she dives into the water. And then the boat just disappears and it closes up. And it's like, they're all dead, right? Like, that's what's happened. They're not actually sailing home. They're all now dead. Right. That was that was what it looked like. Yes, yeah. they did sail there. OK, so the Elvish land is cut off from everybody else. They sure. sailed over to Middle Earth because of this looming threat that was going to stop the entire world. And it was this right. Morgoth or whatever. Um, and he had a sorcerer working with him, Sauron. Um, 
so they defeated Morgoth in this war that lasted for centuries. They said that the war lasted for centuries. They defeated Morgoth and all of the elves were like, cool. Um, let's go route out everything else. We need to make sure that, that the land is safe again before we return home. And so she was one of the more, uh, vehement among them who was like, no, my brother died. Uh, he had this symbol carved onto him that Sauron put there that nobody yeah. can translate. Nobody knows what it is. So she's on the quest for vengeance. Like you said, respect. Um, it, I don't think it was, it was several hundred years. I think it was a hundred years that she was looking for him. And she, her detachment was the last ones. Everybody else went out there and was like, no, we can't find any trace of them. No, all the fortresses are abandoned. This is abandoned. Yeah. This is, you know, there's no more orcs. We haven't seen an orc in a century. Um, you know, they seem to be gone. So her forces got the farthest that they could get, which was where all the orcs had rallied when Morgoth died. And it seems to be abandoned. So they were like, fuck it. It's abandoned. War's over. They, they fucked off. Right. We're, we're done here. And here's the thing. The guy even says to her, like, uh, we can't keep going like this. There's so few of us left. Mm. So they send them off back to the homeland and leave everyone else now with less defenses if someone does attack them. That's yeah, the other I, thing. I, I didn't like, understand that either. Yeah. I was not sure. And Julia didn't understand it either. We're like, why don't they all just go home? Um, what, why, yeah. why are they sending this group and being like, cool, lucky you. Uh, the rest yeah. of us are just going to stay back here. And I'm sure that there's some rule. I know that in the, I think it's the return of the king. They actually like Gandalf goes and he's talking to Elrond and Elrond's like, yeah, all the rest of us are going home. Like the age of man is here. The age of elves is done. We're gone. We're going back to our homeland. You'll never see us again. Peace. And, uh, so it takes that long before they finally all do go back home. So I don't know if they're hanging around and, you know, planning things. Now, one thing that was mentioned that probably glossed over most everybody's heads, but I went, Ooh, um, Elrond was introduced to a Elvish Smith named Celebrimbor. And they said, you know, you're going to work with this guy. Celebrimbor. Uh, I knew this more from the video games that they had, but Celebrimbor was a, a fantastic Elvish Smith who was, inadvertently tricked by Sauron into forging the rings of power. So this is the guy who is going to bring about the downfall of man, create the ring wraiths, you know, fuck over the dwarves and the elves and put Sauron back into ultimate power mode before, you know, the, they all mount against him and manage to cut his hand off. Uh, but yeah, this is the guy who's going to do that. And in the video games, he is a wraith uh, cursed because of the role that he played in fucking up the world. And uh, he's very vengeful. He's very pissed off. And he shares a soul with a human ranger. But that's beside the point. Great games. Awesome nemesis system that's never been done before. But yeah, so my eyes lit up when I heard Celebrimbor. I'm like, oh, I know this guy. And I know him as a pissed off ghost later on. Um but yeah, so I think what we're going to be seeing here is the rise of Sauron to power. Um, this is okay. So think about it in the terms of the Sith, you know, think about how long the Sith sat there and plotted and stayed hidden right under the Jedi's noses before they actually made their move and brought about the entire downfall of the Jedi. Like, 
like Hydra. Palpatine. Yeah, Hydra. You know, Palpatine. Uh, all of these who, instead of being Spider-Man villains and overtly like, hey, I'm going to go out on the streets and cackle and blow stuff up. They're all hiding and saying, you know, mm, I'm picking my time. That's more what Tolkien was about in this case. Uh, so that's why she was searching for a hundred years and couldn't find him, uh, is what I'm taking, you know, that they weren't just like heading right to that one place. That was the last place on their list. Like they were checking all the outposts because all the other detachments were doing the same thing. The reason these guys got rewarded was because he said, you know, you were the ones that went the farthest. You brought back that even at the farthest reaches, there was nobody there. So according to you, the war's over. So we're declaring the war is over based on your reports. We're going to reward you, send you back home before you cause more trouble. What did you think of the uh, strange one that fell from the sky to deliver them from the Deadites? <laughs> nice. Nice pull. I like that. Um, I I wanted to be Gandalf um, because Gandalf was not a man. Gandalf was not a human man. He was uh, a divine being. And um, I want it to be him, but I think that's the obvious answer. I think they're going to jerk us around. It's going to be somebody else. Um, it could be Sauron, who was um, uh, Christopher Lee's character, uh, Gandalf's uh, senior slash then turned on him because he was working with Sauron. But I would love it to be Gandalf. I don't know that it will be, though. I think it would fit the best. I think it would be the best fit for this if it was Gandalf and this was where he came down and was like, okay, we got shit to do, but we'll see. Uh, did you watch the second episode? I can't remember. Did not. No. Nope. I, I started it today, mm-hmm. uh, this afternoon, but I dozed off. Gotcha. So I didn't end up finishing it, it. I will be surprised if you get all the way through this series. Because I know that you weren't a big fan of the Lord of the Rings movies, and I feel like this is going to be a lot more of it. You know, it's going to be a lot of walking, a lot of talking, uh, but immaculate set designs. I mean, the the world is a beautiful place. Even the gross places are beautiful in this. Oh, not if you uh, – I saw some Twitter feed of uh, people on it ripping on the CGI or the effects or whatever. And, <laughs> um Someone being like, you need to turn true motion off on your TV and blah, blah, blah. And anyways, mm. it doesn't matter. That That's the newest thing that people are ripping on like crazy. They're doing the same thing with She-Hulk. You know, their biggest complaint is, oh, the, the CGI looks terrible. Oh, she looks terrible. Okay. Um, gone are the days of Lou Ferrigno swapping with Bill Bixby, okay? Right, right. We're not doing that anymore and having two actors. We're, we're not going to have a WWE diva jump in for a Tatiana Mulsani. And right. say, you know, okay, now I'm She-Hulk. It's going to be CGI. And right. you know what? It looks pretty damn good I don't compared to what we used it. to get. Yeah. But yeah that's I have the no newest thing is that everybody rips on the CG. They're like, oh, it's unrealistic. Oh, it looks stupid. Okay. Yeah, we got to bitch about something. Yep. We're fanboys. Yeah. Uh, so let's go to movies before we go back to Lord of the Game of Thrones. Sure. Did you watch any movies? Zero. I, I, I intended to. I uh, actually purchased a movie, but I haven't gotten around to watching it yet. What did you purchase? Um, I got Amazon sent me a thing the other day and they're like, here's six dollars free digital credit for no reason. I was like, great. And then I had done some like um, delayed shipping and gotten a few credits sure. here and there. So I had like 15 bucks 
And there's been an A24 movie that I've been hearing so much good about that I wanted to see. And it's called Everything Everywhere All at Once. Oh, I could have just loaned that to you. Oh, okay. Well, I oh, well, now, actually, apparently. no, I can't because I bought it and then I sold it. Oh, okay. I do have it on digital on the Voodoo, but like, I enjoyed it. Yep. Um, but um, I look forward to you watching it. My just uh, the Michelle Yeoh flick. Yeah, and yeah. it's alternate realities and stuff like yeah. that. Uh, but yeah, I had a limited time on these credits because they're going to expire like September fifteenth. So I was like, "Fuck oh. it!" Instead of just messing around, I've been hearing good things, so I just bought it for free. Okay. You know, what I have not been hearing good things about. What's that? The new Jurassic World movie. Um. Yeah. The one that's on I, Peacock. You uh, haven't been hearing good things, huh? I've heard a lot of negative about it. Did you agree with that negative? I did not watch it. Oh, okay. I'm going to. I just haven't yet. But I've heard a lot of negative about it. Yeah. From people on the Twitter and my friends and some of my some of my uh, associates and whatnot. Nope. The uh, movies I watched. I watched um, Fear Street 1994 last week. The first one, the yep. 1994. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And then my intention was to watch the the next two, but then uh-huh. I ended up watching Dexter. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I still like it. Still a great flick. Good story. Great effects. Great kills. Um, just it really outdid any expectation I had for it when they first announced the movies. Yep. Um, Absolutely. I still Especially think the twist can... toward the end. <laughs> yeah. I still think 1978 is going to be my favorite of the three. And then the 19 or 1664, whatever is going to be my least favorite. Um, Cause that's how it was last time. So we'll find out, but I do plan on watching the other two here sooner than later. Uh, uh, we, Kate and I watched a couple movies uh, today. We actually watched uh, one called love in the villa. Oh, I saw. <laughs> So the other night we were on Netflix. I did not watch it, but we we're on Netflix and we got done watching one of the uh, episodes of how to build a sex room and um, backed out of that. And I saw that pop up. Like I said, Oh, and she's like, Oh, we like both of those actors. I was like, yeah, it's Luther yep. and cat from, uh, uh, or cat Graham was yep. on vampire diaries. And I was like, yeah, we like both of them. And then I put on the trailer. I was like, well, I'll add it to the list and let's check out the trailer. And halfway through, we're both like, Oh, like this, this may be, we, we were assuming it would be cheesy hallmark rom-com kind of stuff. We're like, this might be irredeemable. Like this is for, I want to watch a cheesy, stupid romance. So we enjoyed it. Okay. Uh, yeah, we enjoyed it, but I would not give it a hard sell. Okay. Um, you'll probably enjoy your one time through watch and be like, Oh yeah, we watched that. It was good. We know this, you know, like it was, you know, I mean, it's, it's a romance. So it's, um, I hate you. I love you. Oh, something now got in the way of our love. Oh, I love you again. Like, you know, it's the standard format. Yeah. Except it's, yep. you know, uh, and then the other movie we watched was the Elvis movie. Oh, okay. Yep. It was on Heard a lot of good about that. It's like two hours and 45 minutes or whatever it is. Holy Jesus. long movie. We watched it in two settings. We watched it. <laughs> yeah. And then like there was a good natural kind of break in it. It was like, all right, this feels like his, he's starting to do his comeback now. So let's take a break. We'll finish it tomorrow type of thing. And that's what we did. Um, I like the movie. 
I don't have a need to watch it again. Okay. Um, Austin Dillon or whatever the Austin kid who played Elvis, phenomenal, in my opinion. Um, the story was more so from the point of view. It was not more so. The story was from the point of view of, of Colonel Tom Parker there, his manager. Okay. And um, who's played by Tom Hanks. You know, Tom Hanks is awesome. Uh, yes, um, he is. The flow of the movie was a little weird. The, 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 the formatting of the movie was a little weird. Uh, it made you a lot of times go like, oh, did it really happen that way or whatever? Um, I didn't dislike it. We both liked the movie. It was just it was just odd. It was just odd. I wouldn't watch it again. Yeah. You know, it was Boz Lerman, right? Yeah. Yeah. But. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't watch it again, probably, but it was just interesting and. And again, the, the actor that played Elvis actually sang and went got you know vocal lessons and this and that. He sounded tremendous. And hmm. again, it was it was a great flick, but it wasn't along the same like we've gotten a lot of you know biopic or biopic uh, movies, hmm. musical movies, whatever. You know, we got Elton John, we got the Queen one, now we got this one. Um, so yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. I, I saw that it was on there. It's nothing that really interested me. So I didn't, yeah. you know, I'm I'm not anti it, but it's really right. like I like some of Elvis's music. Not enough to sit there and watch the movie about it. I mean, I wouldn't have gone out of my way to watch it, except that it was on HBO Max. You know what I mean? Like I didn't get it at Redbox. I think we didn't go to the theater or whatever. Yeah, so. exactly. And sometimes that's the deciding factor for me too. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, if it's free, then I'll right. watch it. Yeah. And then the other thing that Kate and I watched, um, it's not really a movie. It's three episodes. Um, but we watched the, uh, the Woodstock 99 documentary on Netflix. We've watched oh. the first two episodes. I heard that's terrible. Oh no, it's phenomenal. Really? I think oh yeah I like I I think it's fantastic like I'm very Ooh. intrigued about how Fire Festival this Woodstock '99 was before Fire Festival was a thing like it was definitely yeah I watched the Fire Festival one good intentions going in the promoters had but didn't finish out that way and they basically admit like this was a cash grab like Woodstock mm-hmm. Woodstock in 1969 it meant something yep you know. Uh, Woodstock in 94, it meant something, but no one made any money off it. Uh-huh. And so Woodstock 99 was like, hey, we're going to make money off this finally. Yeah. Well, I know it's wild. 1969 is further away from us right now than 2069 is. Whew. 1969 was 53 years ago. 2069 is 47 years from now. Wow. Whew. That's crazy. That's crazy to think about. That's something to think about there, yeah. Ugh. I don't know if I like that. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, but yeah, I would should... I, I would give the, I would give that a recommend. I think it's worth your time to watch. Okay. Just not um, in front of kids because there's all kinds of nudity in it. <laughs> I forgot that we did watch the first episode of another new show on Netflix called Is It Cake? 
Oh, I've kind of seen the previews for that. So the basic premise is like you start off with these nine bakers and they have to look at these fast food items that are on display in front of them. They don't get to get close. It's like 15 feet away. And they stand yeah. there and they look at them and there's like a pair of milkshakes and three tacos and, you know, breakfast sandwich, another breakfast sandwich, a burger. And they have to figure out which one of them is actually a cake that's made to look realistic. And then the three that got it right get to move on and then they have to recreate one of those, like recreate a cheeseburger or something like that. Yeah. Then so like one of them picks the cheeseburger and then she's given a selection of like 10 cheeseburger platters. And she gets to pick four or five of them that will surround hers and so that she can try to fool the judges. And then the judges come on and they're like, okay, you need, you've got 20 seconds, pick which one of these is cake and which one, you know? So if they can figure out which one's cake, then the baker loses. If they can, if they can't figure it out, if the baker fools them, then they get money. Um, Mm -hmm. It's very interesting. They are given eight hours to create these cakes that look like, other objects um eight hours to bake this stuff and they're they're talented some of the stuff that they did was amazing but it it was just it was fun to watch you know watch their process and watch their pattern you know they had one girl who was trying to recreate a breakfast sandwich and so she was using fondant and stuff like that to make bacon and she's like i'm trying to make this bacon look realistic but i've never had bacon in my life and uh what yeah she has what? never had bacon in her entire life. What? And she, uh, so she was trying to get the texture right and trying to get the look of it right. And yeah. Um, so it's a fun show. What? You, yeah. You've never you had like bacon? It, ever. She's never had it. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, if you like a good baking show that's a competition, it, it can be fun. Uh, but again, eight hours. Can you imagine spending eight hours creating a cake the size of a cheeseburger? No. No. I have a hard enough time no. spending five minutes making a breakfast sandwich. No. And 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 I've heard people say, well, fondant's not really that great. Yeah, but it's edible and it looks nice. <sighs> yeah. Well, good for it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Trailers and whatnot. Yeah, we had a few of those. It, this was not a, a big week for news or anything. No. Um, let's see. Oh, God, you sent me the Clerks Unsold Pilot. Yeah, that was terrible. I watched that as well. Sorry. Thanks for that. There's a whole like YouTube channel with all these unsold pilots on it for different stuff. And this one, it's something I've been wanting to see. I'm sure you wanted to see it at some point. I was curious. Yeah, um, it is not I remember good. I remember when they talked about this coming out and at the time I was excited because I was a clerks fan. Yes. Um, and that was when clerks had first come out. But then when they said that Kevin Smith wasn't going to have anything to do with it, I'm like, how do you do clerks without Kevin Smith? Like he's the guy that created it. Right. Well, he was off doing his other things with like mall rats and chasing Amy, you know, he was busy doing other stuff. So they just optioned the, the name. And I was like, Mm, okay. I can definitely see that he had nothing to do with this. Although apparently he was supposed to, uh, he was supposed to direct one of the episodes if they had gotten a full pickup, but yeah, this was awful. Like this was more of a sitcom than anything. The, the animated series, I had a buddy who like 
watched the Clerks animated series on my suggestion and said that he didn't like it because Randall was painted as like uh, an idiot. And I get that. But this was way worse. Like the Clerks animated series was so much better than this. This was garbage. Yeah, no, this was not good at all. I remember that like both um, Brian O'Halloran and and um, the guy that plays Randall. Jeff, Jeff Anderson? Yeah, they both had, had tried out for the Dante role because the Randall role was always already going to Jim Brewer. Which is, it's because Jim Brewer was huge at the time, but not worth it. And, and I'm assuming that neither one of them even placed. You said they both tried out for it, so. Yeah, they both tried out for it, but yeah, neither one of them placed and, and nothing, other, nothing ever came of it, so. Yeah. Um, and then I remember, like, I think... Uh, Kevin Smith and working on mall rats when this happened. And I read that he went to the set. He went to the set of the clerks filming, saw what was there, saw what was going on, saw they were treating the characters and everything. And he just left. <laughs> I don't blame him after what I saw. Cool. Yeah. Um, you sent me the trailer for Winnie the Pooh blood and honey. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, we heard about this, we knew it was coming, like, as soon as they became public domain characters, they were like, yeah, um, it looks violent, it looks Uh cheesy, it looks Uh Uh corny, and because of who they are, it's going to get, people are going to watch this. Yes. Yep. People are going to watch this. No doubt about some, it. Some people are going to watch it ironically. Some people are going to watch it just to say that they watched it or to be like, look, I got to know. Um, and some people are going to hate watch it. Um, yes, they are. I could I could probably hate watch this. Well, like when they did the the the, the banana rama there, the banana shorts or whatever, banana splits, banana splits. When they did that movie, they were animatronic. It made sense. Whatever. But this is we're 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 going to believe that Winnie the Pooh and Piglet and Eeyore and everybody are real creatures. And why are they all so, like six feet tall? Yeah, that's the other thing that doesn't make any sense. They are all like six feet tall. If someone was so, going to do this, like they should have gone for the budget. They should have done some CGI. But no, yeah. they got people in like rubber masks and stuff. And the whole premise is that like Christopher Robin grew up and he abandoned them, so they went feral. Yep. yep. <clears throat> Anywho, yep. Uh, I sent you the picture of the first look of Jamie Clayton as the Hellraiser reboot Pinhead. Uh, I'm here for it. I think it looks good. I'm going to watch a good the movie. Pinhead in a while. Yep. Well, we've also I think only one. I think. The same actors always played Pinhead, I think, except for the most recent movie, mm-hmm. and, it, and it wasn't good. I stopped watching them after the third one, I think. Oh, um, I, I haven't watched any of the new ones. Like, that's a franchise I never really got hooked into. Mm-hmm. Um, that I, and like yeah, the Puppet same. Master movies. Same. Um, I, one of my most distinct, like horror movie memories and most distinct, like cringe moments ever was a scene from one of the Hellraisers. It was either the third or the fourth one. And it's two guys taking a mattress upstairs and they're like 
walking this mattress up and there's a nail sticking out of the wall. Not the pointy part, but the head of the nail. Like somebody didn't pound it in all the way. Yep. And this guy catches the back of his hand on it and it like digs in and gouges and then the blood drips and that's what summons the the uh, Cenobites. But just seeing that like the head of the nail catch on his skin and then like rip over the back of his hand. Ugh. Still makes me cringe to this day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, that'll do it. That yep. that'll do it. Uh, uh, yeah. <coughs> Gross. Um, Ralph Macchio did an interview recently, and he talked about the fact that there could be a Karate Kid cinematic universe. Plans for like an origin story, Miyagi origin story. That that uh, seems a bit much. I mean, okay, I granted the series has been good, so. It's been getting worse, but yes, it's been good-ish. Um, really liked it in the beginning. It's kind of gone downhill. Yeah, but yeah, a cinematic universe? No, we don't need that. No, I don't think so at all. Uh, I sent you a trailer for a new Netflix series called The Imperfect. Scientific experiment on these kids turns one into a banshee, one into a chupacabra, and one into a succubus. It looks good. It looks fun. I'll check out yeah. at least one episode. It's a it's a yeah. TV series, right? Uh, yeah. is it? Yeah. Yeah, it is yep. a series, the imperfect series. So yeah, I'll check out at least the first episode and we'll go from there. Um, the, we got a cryptic tease about a new Friday, the 13th movie. Um, you we know, got a couple, come. uh, Sean Cunningham on his LinkedIn, like he updated his thing and he put, you know, the, uh, Friday the 13th upcoming, you know, uh, 20, 2023 upcoming film or whatever it is. So he had put that on there before this. And then, you know, what was it, uh, on the Instagram there? Was it new line cinema? Like they have a notification from Jason. Yeah. Jason yeah. wants to contact you and they're like, what so do you want? There's, there's still some issues as far as they don't own the rights to his mother. I don't believe mm-hmm. unless they made a deal like the original script is, is reverted to the original writer. Right. And Jason's in there by name, but he's a little boy. He's not the hockey mask wielding supernatural killer. Right. That he became. Um, so I don't know. Maybe they won't have access to Camp Crystal Lake name. Maybe. Or Pamela Voorhees. Yeah. Or even the name Jason Voorhees. I, I don't know. We'll find out. But yes, uh, undoubtedly at some point we're getting a new Friday the 13th movie. There's yeah. no doubt about it. Nope. Uh, I sent you a trailer, trailer for... The, yeah, the English. Emily yep. Blunt. <laughs> and I was Western. like, I know you like a Western. <laughs> I do, I do. It was surprising that it's a BBC movie, but it's going to be mm. on the Paramount Network. Yep. From what I looked I, up. It looked like something that you and Kate would like. Yeah. Nice Western frontier woman. Yep. Good with a gun, yeah. likes to kill people. Yep. Um, you sent me dead for a dollar. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for that. Well, here's the thing. It's it's Willem Dafoe and Christoph Waltz. Uh-huh. And yeah. it looks and, and terrible. The little, the, the little screen grab here is Willem Dafoe, and I'm like, great, Willem Dafoe. And then I see Christoph Waltz, I'm like, yeah, what the fuck is this shit? It looks terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I was very surprised about that. I was as well. <laughs> you sent me the trailer to The Visitor. Yeah. Um, what you think of that? 
guy moves to his childhood home, finds a picture of himself, or finds a picture of an older person looking like him. Could mm-hmm. be his grandfather, I guess. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I. It, it looks like one of those like mystery mysteries. It's a Blumhouse movie, so yeah. Yeah. you know, could be good, could be yeah. absolute horseshit. Blumhouse is like they're either great or they're awful. Yeah, I, I can't think of any Blumhouse that like falls in the middle there. It's either like fucking rock solid or it is garbage. Um. So another interesting thing is Spider-Man uh, No Way Home. There's is going back in the theaters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the original PS scene at the very end was the Multiverse of Madness trailer. Yep. And they've removed it. And apparently now the new post-credit scene shows Betty doing her very last news segment at the school right before graduation, showing mm-hmm. a bunch of pictures to kids throughout their adventures in high school, like decathlon and Europe and all kinds of things. But Peter's not in any of them. Yep. So that's pretty cool. That is, it basically explains how they, well, it, it explains how people don't know Peter to that extent. Cause you know, you could wipe out their memories, but there's still going to be photographic evidence of him. But if they're saying, Oh, there's no photographic evidence either. Then it shows how thorough that spell was. Yeah, exactly. So now here's something interesting. I mentioned this to Julie the other night and I forgot to bring it up last week. So I'm bringing it up now. The, um, in the comics, there was a similar event where the world was made to forget Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, turns out that there was one being that didn't forget Peter Parker and actually said to him at one point, Hey Peter. And he's like, wait, how do you know my name? And he's like, I know your name. Uh, it was the Hulk, not Bruce Banner. Bruce Banner forgot Peter Parker, but the, the Hulk, Hulk did not forget Peter Parker. Interesting. It was very interesting. It was a very odd twist there. Um, so I'm wondering if the MCU has plans to do similar or if they're just going to bypass that and be like, no, we're just sticking with this for now. So. <sighs> um, well, Jim Rose Circus shared a tweet and I sent it to you. And it was they should announce a sequel to Groundhog Day and then just release the original film. <laughs> I think that would be brilliant, and I'm I'm there for it. I think <laughs> new opening credits, like Groundhog Day two, whatever on it, and then just have the original movie. That's it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and, I'm there uh, for it. That was it. That's all that. Yep. Yeah. Like I said, there wasn't a lot going on this week, but we did get a few things in there. So that just leaves us with uh, House of the Dragon. Yeah. Which so, I've been mispronouncing it all this week. I've been, or for the past couple of weeks, I've been saying House of the Dragons, but it's not. It's singular. House of the Dragon. Yeah. So Dragon. what did you think of this? A couple of things. One, um, I had to talk with Julia afterwards, and I, I don't, I wasn't speaking it correctly, I guess, but. It's interesting, especially after watching the Lord of the Rings series. Okay. You've got two different fantasy authors here. You've got J.R.R. Tolkien. You've got um, uh, George R.R. R. Martin. Interesting. J.R.R. Tolkien, George R.R. R. Martin. Hmm. Um, so both of them created their own worlds. And 
it's interesting that Tolkien's world, you know, contains different races. You've got humans, you've got elves, you've got dwarves, you've got orcs, you've got orakai, you know, all these different races. Um, it's got some magic, it's got some sword fighting and bow fighting and stuff like that. Politics. Ugh. And then, and then you look at George R. R. Martin's work and you've got humans and you've got magic adjacent um you've got dragons, dragons but only um, but no other creatures right only the targaryens can yep do anything with the dragons and politics out the ass now oh, last week i had complained saying kind of like what you said with lord of the rings i was like if these people are supposed to be these brilliant military geniuses why don't they have indoor plumbing why, why don't they have more technological advances? Why haven't they come up with better things? I think they're actually stupid and they're just written well. But why haven't they advanced beyond, you know, what they've got, which is bullshit. Um, mm-hmm. It's the same thing that you were saying about Lord of the Rings. So I, that's why I, I wasn't going to fight you. I'm like, no, I, I get where you're coming from because, you know, same thing yeah. with these people. Like they've been doing this for. So you were talking about timelines. Um, I looked it up on this one because I was curious and this takes place. It starts the first episode with the flashback and everything is like 260 years before 172 um, years before the birth of Daenerys Targaryen. Right. So we've got a ways to go. We've got generations. So all these names that are being thrown out, who fucking cares? You know, it's not like they're going to go, Oh, here's the birth of the guy who will grow up to be the mad King. No, but here's the other thing too. It's like, all right, uh, sorry. Uh, in the third episode, we meet the king's son, a- um, Aegon. Aegar, Aegon second of his name. Right. So I'm like, wait a second. That was fucking Jon Snow's name. Hmm. So like, that's the other thing they do is like Aegon Targaryen. There's like six of them. Yeah. And that's why they say second of his name or third yeah. of his name or first right. of his name. Right. So and th- they do the same thing with the girls, like mm-hmm. the 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 king's cousin. The queen that never was. Yep. Her name is like uh, Renera or Renera's. And his yeah. daughter's name, Renera. Yeah. Or whatever. So, like, the last two letters are different. So, it's confusing. Sorry. But you're saying, yes. Renera's and Rainus. Yeah. Yeah. Right, um, yeah. So, timeline wise. But my point, my overall point was this. So, George R. R. Martin created this world. This is obviously a fantasy world. Hi, kitty. That's a Siamese kitty. He's a That's mouse, a, isn't he? This is Simon. He's <laughs> he's huge. Is he a mouth? Because most Siamese cats never stop talking, and they have the most ear-piercing, shrill, like... No. Meow. No, no. He cries a little bit here and there, but he he, he doesn't cry nonstop. Nice. Uh, for he's also a lot 20, fluffier. For, well, he's a blue point Siamese. Okay. He also might be a mix of a ragdoll blue point Siamese. Who knows? Okay. For 22 weeks old, he is enormous. He's like he almost, is huge. He's almost bigger than than uh, Vivian? Vivian. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he's Crazy. a big big boy. He was just my favorite thing is you'll walk by him and he'll attack your leg, mm-hmm. but he does it with his paws with no claws sticking out, and it's just it's yeah. Nice. Yeah, he's like, I gotta be gentle with you, but I'm going to. I was gonna say, you. he's either being nice or he hasn't quite grasped what claws are for yet. No, he knows. Okay. He'll bite you, and if you like, when he's if he when he's biting you, if you go like, ow, 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 he'll stop, 
and, mm. and lick your hand where he was just biting. Aw, nice. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. But yeah, he's he's not even close to being full grown. He's going to be enormous. Uh-huh. I'm excited <laughs> about that. So George R. R. Martin creates this world. This is not a historically accurate world. This is a fantasy world. Right. Okay. This is not. So a lot of people, when they go to defend some of the machinations here, they'll say, you know, well, it's based on, no, it's not. No, it's like, not. The, oh, well, the world was a different place back then. No, it wasn't. This is a fantasy world. So he actively chose to create a world where women are dog shit. Um, where the kings of the realm treat everybody else like shit, and where political intrigue is fucking epic versus their ability to construct something new, to, to advance their technology. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he wrote this world this way. So the subjugation of people, the castration, the the person who's feeding people to the crabs, like he chose this. He said, this is what my high fantasy world is going to be. And it's fucking misogynistic as shit. And I mean, cool. Good for you. You know, build your world the way that you want, I guess. But also it's I don't know. It just feels a little telling about somebody when their entire world that they've crafted out of their imagination is built around the idea that, you know, um, women suck and they're beneath us and we should rule over them. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. Because I guess in Roman times or this or that, or whatever, that's how it was. Or back in medieval times, that's women mm. were treated that way. I get that. But at the same time, well, it doesn't have to be. Right. Hey, we watched that Woodstock 99, two-thirds of the documentary earlier. And yeah. the way the women are treated there, you know, 23, 30, 23 years ago mm-hmm. is just horrible. Mm. Like the I groping and everything else that was going on. So it's like that was yeah. just 23 years ago. So. You right. know, I get it. He didn't have to create a world that way and that he chose to create the world that way, but it, I mean, it's his world. Right. You know, I can't say that he's wrong. I just think that if you're given a blank slate and you're like, I get to create this world, I get to create the rules for it, I get to put in whatever I want. The fact that this guy was like, you know what world I want to create? I want to create a fucked up, stupid piece of shit world. Yeah, everybody's an asshole. Everybody betrays everybody else. Nobody has any redeeming qualities. And um, yeah, uh, the patriarchy rules and women drool like. Well, but at the same time, you know, one of the big one of the big themes of this is Renera getting married off to somebody like her father seems to be so eager for him to her to get married and have kids and make him a grandsire, as he put it. And. And, oh, she has a responsibility to, is what he does. Right, her. right, exactly, right, and like you know, like one of the Lannister boys is 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 chasing her down and everything. <laughs> Jason, Jason Lannister, but um, but that's the thing, like so that's a whole topic that's in here is like marrying for power and position and to grow your family, you know, where you know, like, and she kind of throws at him, well, yeah, but if that was the case, you would have married like this twelve-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. Instead, you married my best friend. And he's like, dude. Right, you, Dude, what? The, the hand Otto actually suggests to him, you should marry your 17 year old daughter off to your two year old son, her half brother. 
he goes, Hey, it'll shut everybody up. It'll stop them from like fighting over things. You know, they'll, it'll stake her claim in the throne even more in the books. He married both of his sisters. I believe it. Yeah, in the book, he married his older sister, who is not as much older as her as as him than she is, whatever. But he married his older sister out of duty. But he married his younger sister out of love. How is this so celebrated? How how is everybody so in love with this world and this storytelling? This is like when he said that today, when he was like, oh, you could have her marry Aegon. And he's like, my new son. And he's like, well, he's two. It would certainly shore up the line. Well, but at the same time, it would stop people from pestering him about it. And it's like, OK, this is what's going to happen. And oh, this is the same show where they celebrate his name day birth by like they, they catch the deer. I'm going to call it a deer, whatever the animal was. And and they finally catch him and they bring the king in and they've got. You know, they got the deer roped off and all right, you just go up and stab him now. How do they have a three step step stool that is carved out beautifully for the king to get up and down on his horse? No toilets like it's still it's blowing my mind. The things that they choose to do for that. And again, this is all born from the mind of a person. This is not a historical reference. This is not somebody says, well, we did a lot of research on Roman culture and we wanted to get this as accurate as possible. This is some fucking dude was like, you know what this world needs? Step stools to get up and down off horses. Yeah. Make it happen. And you know, there's probably 16 pages dedicated to just the description of that step stool. Maybe who knows? Um, but yeah, the, the, the big thing that comes out of this is, um, for, it's been three years since episode two Mm -hmm. and there's been the fighting at the stepstones region between Mm -hmm. the, uh, the crab King crab Crab feeder feeder. and like Damon and Lord Corley's Mm -hmm. and, Finally, the king sends message. Hey, I've sent a ship and a couple thousand men, and we're going to help you guys. Sorry, I didn't do this sooner. Blah, blah, blah. So, like, Damon beats the fuck out of the messenger. Yep. Because he's pissed off. That That's where we get the phrase, don't shoot the messenger. Right, right, right. From this scene right here in this book. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So he just says, fuck it. And he goes over and he pretends to surrender. And then he starts killing everybody. And then a big battle breaks out and they win. Like, apparently the only motivation he needed was his brother. I'm going to come help you. So he's got to win this war for his brother gets there. So he can prove he didn't need his help. Uh huh. Yeah. And he, and he kills the crab feeder. We don't get to see it. We nope. see the crab feeder run into a cave. We see Damon chase after him. He just like walks yeah. in. He's like, doom, doom, doom. And then we see Damon come back out of the cave, dragging the upper torso of the crab feeder. One mm-hmm. arm, head, chest area. That's it. Yep. The, also, we're supposed to fear the crab feeder because we saw some gross depictions of him and his men crucifying people it, during yeah. low tide and letting crabs walk over them and eat them. We have no idea who the fuck this guy is, his motivations. We have no idea who he is as right. a character other than that he – like, to look at him, you're like, I bet you there's a story there. Is he diseased? Like, he has all these red patches on his skin. Is that a disease? His yeah. hair's falling out. He wears, he he wears a mask. He almost, he's, like, twitchy. I kind of wanted to know about this guy. 
but apparently he was just there for set dressing. Yep. Yep. He's dead now. He was like a PS scene in the last episode. And then this one, we got to see him a couple of times, like twitch at his people to yep. send them out on the beach. Never has a speaking line and then gets killed off screen. Yep. It was. And by the way, you said this was the time jump we've got. It's either the next episode or the one after that. We're getting a big time jump and all the young female actresses and the one young male actress are getting recast. Yeah. They, yeah. And now they're adults. Yep. yep. So all of a sudden we're going to have, boom, you're an adult now, different actress. Um, yeah, it's again, it's not for me personally, it's not a bad show, but it was frustrating. It, there's a lot frustrating about it. Um, especially considering again, he yeah. chose to make all these decisions. Like everything right. here was, I'm going to make this this way because this will be cool. And people are like, yeah, why the politics are so boring and they're annoying. And the whole, you know, Jason Lannister handing him that spear being like, Hey, you could get the, uh, kill and blow on that heart with it. That, that would yeah. be cool. You know, that, that, Oh, that'd be awesome. And you know, your, your daughter, since she's pretty much useless now, I'll take her back to Casterly Rock. You know, she can yeah. hang with me. It'll be good for her. She'll be, she'll be happy after you fuck her over. And he's like, what do you mean when I fuck her over? Oh, well, you know, you're going to name your son as your heir, right? Who said that? Well, we're all saying it. Oh, really? You're supposed to tell me about dissension in the ranks. Are you telling me there's dissension in the ranks? And he's like, well, no, sir. <laughs> oh, no, uh, no, no. Backpedal, yeah. backpedal. Yeah, I don't dislike it, um, but I have I, I understand your issues. Yeah. Um, and then right after that, I watched the first episode of The Lord of the Rings, which I liked a lot more. I mean, it was more philosophical. There's actually intelligent conversations in there. So, yeah, yeah it just it really kind of served as a very sharp contrast to me. And I know that there are people who will probably crucify me for that. And they'll be like, Oh my God, how's it easy? that was yeah. written back in the thirties. And it's fan fiction. You know, the rings of power is fan fiction based on stuff that he did back in the thirties and the fifties. And this is modern. And this is something that's being worked on right now. And this guy's been working on the last book in the series for 16 years and still hasn't produced anything except, you know, more shots of naked women being, part of an orgy um yeah so that's all i've got to say about that for this week. all right <laughs> well uh i guess that's it then cool i'm on the twitter i'm superstar ml i'm the quantum geek g33k we'll chat with you later yes we will <laughs>